Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, just want to let you know this is a clip from my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash crimson60620. Check it out. If you want to see some of my other videos, if you want to see some of my art as I'm doing it, or if you want to actually just get more of me, thank you. If you don't know who Professor Richard Wolf is, um, he's an economist. Um, and um, one of the few, one of the few economists who is a Marxist economist. Now, I know I'm partial to, and maybe it's because of my bias, is. Mark Blythe, Richard Wolff. Mark Blythe is a Keynesian economist. Not Marxist, he's a Keynesian economist. Um, there's a difference. There is a difference. Um, it's more... Um, he's more of give people money and they won't fucking riot. Um, but Professor Wolf is more uh, like we need to like totally change our, our shit. So... Professor Wolf does economic updates. And um, I find it actually interesting because if you look at the history of Professor Wolf's life, it's fucking amazing. And so, so let's, um, let's look at this recent video. Um, come with me. I guess there couldn't be any more app choices of words, right? But let's go. Welcome, friends, to another edition of Economic Update, a weekly program devoted to the economic sides of our lives. Jobs, incomes, debts, our own, our children's, and I'm your host, Richard Wolf. I want to talk today about the economic plans and programs announced by the new Biden administration, in particular. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So, so, we got to get some foreplay in this motherfucker. We get to talk about fucking economic fucking plans from Joe Biden. Ooh, we get to praise him and shit on him for some shit. Oh, come, come on, let's go. Particularly by the economic team of advisors gathered around him. And I want to talk about it in relationship to inequality. And that for two reasons. Number one, I think millions of Americans voted for Mr. Biden because they want less inequality in the United States than we have. That has been confirmed by many public polls indicating overwhelming support for less inequality in our society. And the second reason is that as an economist, I can assure you that economic inequality is a very profound shaper of pretty much everything else that goes on in our society. And if you're troubled by some of the directions our society is taking, economic inequality has to be part of what you are concerned about. So that's actually pretty cool. Like, um, if you've ever watched, and I, I want to actually drive more leftists actually watching this program because it's one of those things where I've taken a lot of information about um, 
where you know it's guided me to look at certain things and if you haven't like professor wolf is actually a very interesting person if you actually watch some of his talks um and this is him putting into practice like look this is how policies affect us um it is this is at the channel democracy at work which is actually a pretty good youtube channel but let's 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 listen to him talk about this shit. let's go so let's begin the Biden team has talked a great deal about an enormous spending package, usually in the area of $2 trillion, more or less, that they propose to spend on a variety of things, checks to individual Americans, improved unemployment benefits, funding for cities and states that have yes. starved of federal help under the Trump uh, administration, and so on. And how is this $2 trillion going to be paid for? Answer, borrowing. Why do I know that? Because the team proudly tells us they're not going to have to raise taxes. Well, if you're going to spend $2 trillion more and you're not going to raise taxes, the way you solve that problem is by borrowing money. And let me drive home what that means. Who Come do you on. think the government borrows from? Oh, I know, I know. Itself. It borrows money from itself. Because the government can print money. Let's continue. Well, it doesn't borrow from mostly you and me because we don't have enough money to lend to the government. The bulk of the lenders to the government of the United States are wealthy institutions, wealthy people, both domestic Americans and those abroad. So most of the money goes right where you might expect into the hands of those who need it least. And if wow. you borrow all that money, you're going to have to shovel future monies into the pockets of those who need it least. What's an alternative? Well, you could tax the corporations and the rich. If you did that, you yes! would raise the money needed to help the $2 trillion you're going to spend, but you wouldn't have to borrow it and therefore not have to pay interest to those lenders who, again, deepen the inequality by collecting all that money into their hands. So, so here's the thing. Here's the fun fucking back about it. Did you guys know, like, hold on. Do you know that there was a, there was a dude, like, recently... Like, we're not going to talk about um, Leon Panetta, who was just crying, like, I care, I care. The motherfucker was crying about raising uh, uh, the Elizabeth Warren fucking um, taxes on um, on the mil millionaires and billionaires. Like, how dare you tax somebody who makes $50 million a year, 2% above the $50 million a year. So every dollar that you make over $50 million a year, you get taxed 2%. Oh, boy. Wow. 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 That fucking hurts. And you know what's the next threshold? You know the, what's the next progressive tax for this? If you make over a billion dollars a year, you get taxed 3%. Oh my fucking God. Oh my fucking God. But that's the thing. We have lost the fucking plot in this country. We can't tax job creators. No, they rich motherfuckers tax the shit out of them. And this is what Professor Wolf is actually saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that didn't require a close up. Let's get back to it. So let me talk a little bit about what the taxes are that the Biden administration should be talking about. Well, the first one is obvious, income tax. Make the income tax more steep, more progressive. Go after those at the top. 
Let me remind you, in the 60s and 70s of the last century, a time when the American economy had less unemployment than it does now and was growing faster than it does now, we tax corporations and the rich much, much higher than we do today. The argument made over the last 30 years that by reducing taxes, we would stimulate our economy, false. What we actually did is produce an economy with more inequality, less growth, and more unemployment much of the time. Therefore, the argument doesn't hold, nor is it equitable, nor does it reduce our inequality to not tax income at higher rates for those at the top. And here's another guess about what we could do and should do. Wealth tax. Let me explain because so few Americans understand. Do we tax property in the United States as opposed to income? We do tax income. We don't tax it all at the same rate. The rate applied to people who earn their income by labor is higher than the rate we apply to people who earn their income by charging rents or getting dividends or capital gains. And that's another story for another day. But very- All right, so this is a, that's actually a great point. Now I get it. I actually rent myself. I, I rent um, and maybe there needs to be, uh, again, a graduated way of actually renting when it comes to people like my landlord who has like one or two properties that she rents out um, to help make her ends meet versus all of these fucking large corporations who have gotten so many foreclosed homes in 2008 after the housing crisis and are set to get a lot of homes in when the eviction and the, 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 uh, the foreclosure moratorium ends. Like there are a lot of fucking big corporations, not not these people who are just trying to make ends meet with trying to get another property, but a lot of big corporations, and they are not taxed anywhere near as Boston pointed out on the food, the clothes, the tax, 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 tax. Most of the tax burdens are falling on people who can't make it versus the people who are living like. What is it? The Mitt Romney plan when he was running for president is like, oh, we're going to cut um, uh, the dividend income tax or whatever the fuck it is. Money that you taxed on from, um, you know, stock sales and shit like that. Yeah, these motherfuckers want to have no liability of taxes. They want to make all the money and give nothing away. But yeah, let's let's go. Very unjust. No, I want to talk about whether there's a tax on the value of your property, which is a separate question from taxing income that you earn. Do we tax property? Well, the answer is yes and no. And therein lies an enormous part of the inequality of the United States. We do tax property in the form of your house, your land, your automobile, certain kinds of tangible things like that. Mm -hmm. Cities and towns live by taxing property, whether or not your property earns an income. If, for example, you have a house and you rent it to people, you pay an income tax on the rent you get Mm. plus a property tax to your town for the property you own. Okay. But here's something you may not have understood. We do tax land and buildings and business inventories. We do not tax in the United States property held in the form of stocks and bonds. If you have a $100,000 house in a community in America, you pay a property tax to that town. If you sell that house and use $100,000 to buy $100,000 worth of stock in some company, 
You know what your property tax is? Zero. There is no property tax on stocks and bonds. And who owns the bulk of stocks and bonds in our society? Oh, poor people? No. Wait. Could it be rich people? Let's go. Here's the answer. 10% at the top own 80% of the stocks. This is an enormous tax exemption for people who qualify for it because they're rich enough to buy stocks and bonds, which most Americans aren't. So that's one of the things that like pissed me off about the Robin Hood shit. Like, you know, you get the, 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 you got these hedge fund managers, these stock managers, these, these motherfucking stock firms. And they were like, oh no, the poors are actually getting the money. And it's like, I get it. Robin Hood was fucking up. And a lot of they fuck up wasn't due to corruption. It was really due to incompetence and their lack of fucking money. But still the same. Like, you get these people that were just like, well, these guys, these are like, for lack of a better terms, you know, the I rhymes with sale guys. Um, that were just making money and yeah a lot of the people that was on, on um um what was that fucking subreddit um wall street fuck um whatever the subreddit was and like yeah like they were they were just they were assholes but they fucking cut god they made god bleed because they realize the, the the fucking motherfuckers who thought they were in control of the stock market realized that, you know, maybe we don't have every answer that we try to, you know, perceive that we had. But, you know, you know, because, yeah, Wall Street bets. Yes, that's what it is. Thank you, Zach. Wall Street bets. So, yeah, it's you get this whole thing where, um, like, 10% of the motherfucker, the motherfucking people who own, uh, uh, of the 10% uh, of all stockholders own 80% of the stocks, they didn't want anybody else in their club. And that scared them that people can actually figure out how to fuck them over. And it was only a little bit, and a lot of people got fucked over with the GameStop thing. But, 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 they were scared. But uh, let's continue. The inequality and the injustice of this tax system is stupefying. And what ought to be done is to get two birds with one stone. Tax, income, and wealth. Use it to help the mass of people. That's what the situation in this country requires. That's why millions of people hoped that by voting for Mr. Biden, they would get something like that. It is very disheartening to hear that they are going to spend money to help people at the bottom, good enough, that's good, yeah. but they're not going to use it as an opportunity to undo the inequality that has gotten so extreme. They could do it, they should do it, and we're waiting, but we're not terribly hopeful. Footnote, in the 1930s, when Roosevelt took much greater steps to help the mass of people, he did pay for it in large part by taxing corporations and the rich. That's why the tax rates were so much higher in the 60s and 70s as I began this So if you guys didn't know about the story, okay, okay, come, uh, all right. So if you didn't know about the story, so um, when like the New Deal was happening, 
Roosevelt, who was a rich motherfucker, freak. FDR was a rich motherfucker. He um he was like, oh shit, the country is going into like um is going into debt. People are dying. People are starving. You know, it's this person over in Germany. They're calling themselves Führer and shit like that. He's rallying people about being broke. And then we have, of course, the Soviets, the big bad Soviets over here. And um, yeah, we don't want that shit in America. And of course, they did some fucking fucked up ass shit to like, not just the communists, but the socialists as well. Um, but there were some socialists and union people that did work with Roosevelt. And they came to Roosevelt and was like, yo, we need a change. We need a motherfucking change. Because those extremes, yeah, they don't come over here. And Roosevelt was like, I hear you and we're going to try to make this. And like Roosevelt actually went further. There were um, further like a economic bill of rights that he wanted to introduce, but he died before he can get him passed. But the shit that he already put forward, he went to the rich motherfuckers like, yo, um, these motherfuckers came to me. It was like, hey, you, you better handle this shit. And I'm coming to y'all. I was like, well, I'm handling this shit. And either, and the, the, the quote, I don't know if it was apocryphal or anything. It was like, you either give them more money willingly or they're going to come take this shit from you unwillingly. And like half the rich people were just like, yeah, okay, of course, we, we're going to still stay rich. And that's where you get the Keynesian economics uh, from John Maynard Keynes, which is also like another, you know, interesting historical figure. Um, he was, um, John Maynard Keynes was actually very interesting because um, at a time where it was frowned upon, he was openly bisexual. He came from an aristocratic, um, aristocratic, uh, he came from an upper class family, but he actually had so much compassion for the poor. It, it, if you like look up the history of Keynes, I've read a couple of things about him, um, mostly Wikipedia, but John Maynard Keynes is an interesting character. And um, I, I would encourage you guys to look it up. Um, he was he was very fucking interesting. Um, but like, and like, it got so bad that some people um maybe Bush's great grandfather, George W. Bush's great grandfather, actually tried to lead a rebellion against, you know, Roosevelt. But anyway, let's get back to this video. Um, let's go. Conversation. Okay. I want to now turn to another act being proposed by the team around the new president. And that is to create an increase in the minimum wage, the federal minimum wage in the United States to $15 an hour. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. When was this done? When was this done? When was this video done? February the 1st. Oh, this is way back in the past. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's hear this shit out. Um, yeah, this is before the bad news. Let's go. And I want to remind everyone, when you do that, you don't just change the incomes of the people at the bottom, the people who are getting less than $15 an hour. You affect many other people's income because many jobs pay a wage 
based on what the minimum is. So they pay the minimum plus 10% or the minimum plus an extra $3 an hour or however they calculate it. So by raising the minimum, it's kind of raising the floor for a whole lot of other levels of income as well. So it's a big deal to change the bottom. So uh, let's just expound on that. And I know I'm not really doing my normal like shit on the person I'm doing a video on. That's because like I mostly agree with Professor Wolf and like, yeah, this is this is me actually doing a positive stream, sort of. Anyway, um, so the way it works is this. Why, if you're not making minimum wage, should you care about people who are making a minimum wage? Well, simple. If, like, we've been trained to do in this fucking country, which is bullshit. If somebody is making less than you and they get a higher amount, then what happens is you can, if you are a skilled worker, request for more money. Now, this isn't like the whole, the meme of, well, if, if the minimum wage should be set at $100 an hour or $1,000 an hour, this isn't that. This is not saying that. But what it is actually saying that is if with the right things, like um, some light, maybe cost control, I know, scary cost control, with light things, if you raise the minimum wage of people who are on the bottom, um, then they can actually afford more things. Um, you can actually see it in a lot of the cities. I think it was Seattle where they raised the minimum wage to $13 an hour, where people, shockingly enough, like especially what restaurant workers, they unemployment rose a little bit. You know why? Because people stopped working two and three jobs because they can afford their wage off of one job. They can afford their living expenses off of one job. And it actually boosted their economy where more people were actually able to afford shit. And not only that, here's the thing. If you're at the bottom and I'm kind of in the middle income, if you're getting paid more, then I should be getting paid more. And if you're at a job that's going to fucking like say, hey, um, it, it, yeah, minimum wage is up and we're going to freeze your wages. You can look at them and say like, what the fuck? You say I'm a skilled worker. Now, of course, um, you have that fear. And I know I remember um, hearing Mark Blight talk about it in the fear in the 1970s of constant inflation, but we don't have any inflation. There is no inflation anywhere across the globe. And it, it's actually pretty, it's pretty fucking interesting. But um, yeah, hold on guys, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. My mother was calling. I had to, you know, of course, make sure that um, everything was okay. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, but yeah, it's actually pretty interesting what happens. And that's what Professor Wolf was actually saying, that when you have the um, raising a minimum wage, it actually raises everybody's wages. And 
yeah, I know it's a fear that, oh, then companies are going to start charging this. Like, that may have actually worked, but when you realize that people that are in Scandinavian countries, that they have a $22 minimum wage, and the fact that the Big Mac prices increased by like 80 cents, it's just bullshit because we can check other places. But let's go. But now let's look at it. Will it really do something about unemployment and inequality above all else? Well, let's look. What is the federal minimum wage right now? $7.25 an hour. That was the last rate increase back in 2009. 2009, That's when that yeah. Was passed. So we're talking 12 years ago. Uh, we passed the, the law that raised it to 725. We have not raised it since. Every year since then, prices have gone up. Every year. Those are 12 years. But we didn't raise it. The Democrats couldn't and the Republicans wouldn't raise the minimum. That's one of the reasons economics became more unequal in the United States. All the people who can raise their prices for whatever it is they sell did so. But the people who live at the bottom couldn't, didn't get an increase, even with the cost of living. A terrible blow to anyone's desire for equality. It's so, so, so bad that out of the 50 states in the United States, 29 states, that's a majority, have set a state minimum wage above the federal because the federal is so abysmally low. But not all states. There are two states where the minimum wage is below the, the, the federal Hell. wage as abysmal Hell. as it is. Wyoming and Georgia have a minimum wage of $5.15 an hour. All right, so let's pause right here. Let's just pause right here. One of the things that actually is, uh, and again, goes back to that excuse, well, if you raise the minimum wage, price is going to change. Prices have been one of the fucking changes since the last time the minimum wage was raised. Like, for real? For real. For real. Price. Like, fuck. Raise the minimum wage is tied to inflation. But companies don't want to do that because that means no more profits. It'd be like, instead of the Scarlet Witch, it'd be like the Emerald Witch. No more profits. You know what I mean. Fuck it. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Let's take a look at it. If you get $15, notice that's a lot more than seven and a quarter. It's more than a doubling of the minimum wage. So I don't want to take away that that's something, but I just want to underscore how inadequate it still is. $15 an hour, 40 hour week. That's right. Every day you work eight hours. If you get the minimum, the new $15 minimum wage. 32,000 a year, just under 32,000 a year. Ask me how I know. Ask me how I know. You earn $600 a week. If you work all but two weeks of the year for money, that means you earn $30,000. And for those of you who don't keep track of these numbers, that's not very much above what we call the poverty level for a family of four. And let's remember, many millions Shit. of families in the United States- It's not much more above the poverty level for motherfucking one person. Oh, wait. Fuck. Fuck. Why am I doing YouTube again? Oh, yeah, that's right. Anyway, let's go. States have one adult income earner, not two. And so there are lots of families that are living on 30000 if they get the $15 minimum wage. Meanwhile, Mr. Bezos is earning billions every year. In other words, you're not making a big blow against unemployment. And you're not making a big blow 
against inequality by something as small as this. You want to do something about inequality, then you're going to have to do a lot more than raise the minimum wage to $15. Bam! The 30000 you get in a year if you work 40 hours at the new minimum wage of $15, that 30000 that wouldn't pay for one eight-month one eight month year at a four-year college, private college in the United States. Keep a sense of the relationship here. You are not undoing inequality with this action. And however often it is said, gee, we're raising the minimum wage, people should remember, wow. And then there's the argument of the right wing, which doesn't even want to give you $15 an hour. They make the following argument. If you raise the wage, there'll be some employers who won't keep people working if they have to pay them more than seven and a quarter, the current minimum. You know, that's correct. There will be some. And think about them the next time you're in church or synagogue or mosque. But put it aside, the economics is terribly stupid. Why? Because all of those people who get more money, who rise from seven and a quarter to $15 an hour, they're going to have much more money to spend. They're going to buy more goods. And guess what? That's going to lead people to get more jobs. So yeah, you'll lose a few jobs from employers who don't pay you, but you'll gain a bunch from the people who have more money. So I want to actually say this, and maybe it's just me not being an employer um, and hopefully getting a co-op um, of like YouTube channel or art studio. Um, I don't like the leftist argument of, um, well, if they can't afford to have employees, they shouldn't be in business. I don't like that. Um, one, because I have actually worked small box retailers and I've actually worked those 12 hour days. I've worked those, those, you know, six day work weeks. And to actually say to somebody like, well, your business is this and um, you shouldn't have employees if you can't afford to pay them. Like, yeah, that is true. Like, you shouldn't have to force somebody to work in your shop, your small business shop, if you can't pay them. And I, yo, that's that's a fucking issue. That is a fucking issue. Um, and, but to just callously say, well, they shouldn't have employees, that's probably not the way to actually do it. Now, you should say, you should actually say that yes, with more people having more money, they're able to spend more money. And when you give more money to poor people, they spend it quicker and they buy more shit. But like, yeah, like this is the argument to make, not to say like, oh, if if your business can't afford hiring the people at the starvation wages, you shouldn't have it. Like, no, that comes off as being an asshole because I mean like the American dream is to have your own business and have people work under you, which seems weird. Um, but let's, let's, let's go. We're, we're going to actually come back to this because this is the first half of the update. And, um, I want to get to the second half, uh, maybe at a little later date. So let's go. And you will have done something about inequality, something serious rather than something which is mostly symbolic. We've come to the end of the first part of today's show. Before we get to the second half, I want to remind you about our new book. All right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like I said, we want to, um, I'm going to actually come back to um, this a little bit later. Um, we're going to come back and do this video um, because it, like, I like listening to Richard Wolf and um, it, he's, he's actually fun to listen to. Like, I have some other videos on my channel where he does talks about the shit 
And it's just like, yeah, fuck, yeah. Like, it's he's an awesome orator about orator about um his his um his different um positions on things. And it's actually just like a great like I, I encourage you guys to actually um, take a look at Democracy at Work and especially the economic updates because, like, he's actually pretty cool. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway, guys, um, if you want to see the second part of this video um, later, please like and subscribe, share the video, and... Um, if you want to also perform mutual aid, you can actually check out my links at the top where you can actually see uh, my Streamlab links or my Patreon links at the bottom. Um, please share the video. Like I said, I just said that. But um, like, subscribe, and um, yeah, yeah. Thank you.